0: Hi everyone welcome back so glad you're here hope you're having a great day i wanted to talk to you today about gluten uh, i know that over the last couple of years it is a real buzzword gluten-free and people are avoiding gluten gluten-free diets right um so you and have wondered uh, should i be avoiding gluten especially if you're having health issues and you're not feeling good and so that's something you might be trying to problem solve on your own. And you you just can't avoid it. When you walk in the supermarket aisle, there's tons of products that are gluten-free and you're, you're told by many to avoid gluten. I have to admit, even in my program, we look at gluten uh, early on in the program. I have a conversation with clients to see what are your symptoms? Could they be related to gluten? Do you think they are? Um, often we'll talk about it, we'll focus on other things. And if things don't resolve, um, when we make other changes in their diets, then we certainly can always look at gluten to see if that might be um, an offender. So what is is it? What is it exactly, gluten? Well, it's, you know, it's basically a mixture of proteins uh, found in wheat. And so wheat products are one of the things that you avoid if you're trying to avoid gluten. Doesn't mean you have to avoid all grains because not everything's wheat derived, but so often people just avoid all grains thinking that they're they're doing gluten-free. So for example, brown rice and quinoa are not wheat based. So you can eat those. And I encourage you to, they bring a bunch of different vitamins and minerals to and, and flavor and enjoyment to meals. So mm-hmm. if you are trying to avoid gluten, it'll be mainly the wheat products and, um, and other related grains like um, barley and rye and various varieties and hybrids that come with you know, from those. And what gluten does is it makes your dough elastic. It helps it to rise and it gives it a chewy texture. So it has a, it, it, it really adds to the enjoyment of a lot of those foods. Um, that that use wheat. Um, there are roughly there's three uh, gluten related health conditions um, that we recognize celiac disease is one of them and it's very serious and by all means should be avoiding gluten Uh, wheat allergy also there's a true allergy there so you want to avoid it and then there's gluten sensitivity and if you are sensitive it definitely affects you so determining where you are on that sensitivity scale will also help you a feel better and b maybe you can eat certain types of gluten in certain amounts so just know that's why we look at it in my program, and I encourage you to do the same. And you know, the thing is, is you know, not everybody falls into that category, yet we hear so much about it and we aren't feeling good, so we think it must be gluten. So I just want you to make that decision for yourself. Um, for people in my program, we do it together. I help them figure that out. So one person out of every hundred have celiac disease. Uh, one in a thousand has a wheat allergy. And the, the amount of gluten insensitivity, we just don't know. We don't know how many people that is. Um, it could be, um, you know, up from a half percent to 13 percent. That's what the estimates are. And so just know that um, even people that have taken tests and show they are not gluten sensitivity, have gluten sensitivity, react to gluten and those who have reacted gluten find they can still eat it so it really makes you wonder is it truly a dose related sort of thing however with celiac disease it's serious you really need to it's a genetic autoimmune disease um, and it's basically you your body has an abnormal immune uh, response to gluten proteins when you eat them Um, and the disease actually damages the lining of your small intestine and it interferes with nutrient absorption. So people with celiac need to be careful about a not being exposed to gluten from wheat products, but also from a lot of the other products that use gluten and have or have gluten work their way into it. It can come from cross-contamination in a restaurant. It can come from products like soy sauce or beer or Um, maybe even a lip gloss you have there it it works its way in so many different ways so if you have celiac uh, you can go and get a list off the celiac disease uh, organization type website and learn all the ins and outs because any amount for somebody with celiac Um, is is really detrimental and you don't want to have that damage done to your small intestines and you should be under the, you know, working with a doctor or a dietician to really make sure you're getting everything in your diet to um, improve the the absorption and really stay healthy. And so some of the classic um, celiac disease symptoms are chronic diarrhea, um, abdominal distension, loss of appetite. Um, it, Long term, it can affect your liver and you know your intestinal health, um, and because you're not absorbing so well, it can actually contribute to malnutrition. And when you have malnutrition, then you have anemia and osteoporosis. So, so my point is, is if if you can if you think you have celiac, maybe it's in your family, um, or you have severe symptoms, you need to get tested, and and please go do that. Um, that really the only treatment is to completely eliminate gluten from your diet. And so just just know that that's really important and not just wheat and all these other products I mentioned and other ones to, to go along with it. Um, and so, you know, when I think about celiac and I it makes me just think of autoimmune issues in general. And so I I wonder, I, I talk to a lot of people, I work with a lot of people and autoimmune issues are on the rise, and so what you'll hear people talk about is because they're on the rise, there is a lot of um, consideration that it might be because of gluten, the wheat's being processed differently, or 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 you know because of its um, you know the hybrids that there are there, whatever the case may be. But I just wonder, you know, is that really true? Because you know roughly i kind of checked i looked on the research and roughly 60 years ago we ate as much wheat as we do now um you know yeah what there, but yet there were 75 percent fewer cases of celiac disease reported could be they didn't know what it was so it's better diagnosed now it could be there's something else going on so what i wonder about is you know maybe maybe these um other autoimmune type of issues that's happening that's really taking off um, is more, uh, in, and they look like you're more sensitive to hay fever. Um, are, we're having more um, inflammatory bowel disease. Uh, you know, our gut flora is sort of not as diverse as it used to be, and so I just wonder, especially since we're seeing it more in the U.S. If maybe it's because of the way we're eating in general, maybe we're, it's because we're eating a ton of sugar laden, greasy, pro-inflammatory foods that are also contributing to some of these autoimmune issues. And maybe it's not the gluten. Just trying to be devil's advocate here because I just want us to look at all the parameters. And um, and you know maybe gluten is a culprit or a contributor. I don't know. I don't know. So um, it just could be that, you know, maybe our we know so much with our gut health is so important. Maybe the fact that we are, you know, use antibiotics more heavily, we eat animal products that have antibiotics in them. So they work their way into our diet. And maybe that that um, aspect, those antibiotics are also affecting our intestinal microbiota uh, communities that then in turn affect our immune systems because 80% of our immune system is in our gut. And so you have to kind of start wondering what's going on there. All right. The, the second thing with um, is wheat allergies. And you know, it's very different from celiac disease. Wheat allergy is an overreaction of the immune system to gluten or other wheat products. Um, and it's it's most common in children and they typically outgrow it by the age of three. And you know, symptoms can range from being pretty mild, like skin rashes, hives, and swelling, to severe where you have anaphylaxic shock. So, you know, in wheat allergies, uh, the immune response does not permanently damage the body tissues like it does in celiac disease. But it's still serious especially if you're you know i don't care if even their mild symptoms it's miserable to have a skin rash and have hives right Um, and so just know that if there is a child hopefully they'll grow out of it if that's if you're not a child and you're still having it you should really look at reducing your wheat uh consumption okay and just focus on the other grains and then we have the gluten sensitivity And so it's a wheat sensitivity, Um, it's, or they sometimes will call it non-celiac gluten intolerance. Um, And it's another category of gluten-related disorders. And so symptoms of gluten sensitivity are having sort of that irritable bowel type of changes in your bowel habits, um, where you're either constipated or diarrhea, back and forth, um, a lot of bloating, that sort of thing. and so abdominal pain, and and you know, so really it affects your GI system a lot. Um, but it also could be brain fog. It also could be headaches. It could be fatigue, depression, skin rash, anemia, joint and muscle aches. Or it can all fall into that gluten sensitivity. Now a lot of those things, fatigue and depression and headaches, brain fog can come come from other things as well. So it's really hard to pinpoint what the underlying cause is. And so gluten might just be one of them that we look at, but I also want to look at, is there something else? And that's what we do in my program is that we look at other things and, and try to remedy those first. And, and then if we're not, then we start looking at the gluten. And so, um, you know, gluten sensitivity, I think is a broader range it's less understood than say celiac disease or even a wheat allergy that's understood because we know it's an allergy happening of some sort and so we don't really understand why the insensitivity is happening or how much gluten can be tolerated like i said it could be a very much a dose related uh, reaction and so and we don't really know if it's reversible or not and so, you know, you know, or if it causes long-term complications, there's a lot of things we don't know about it. A, because I don't know if it's been studied or not, but studied a lot. But I think B, because a lot of the symptoms are, are are very variable, and and it's it could be dose related. So, you know, they've done studies that look like that that it is a true thing. And so that gluten sensitivity, it can be shown that people do have more symptoms with a certain dose of gluten. So that's why it's worth looking at, but it's also worth looking at, um, you know, some of your other things that you're eating and see if um, those make a difference as well. And so I think uh, one of the things that, you know, I want you to do to get started is, you know, if you suspect you have a gluten sensitivity, um, I want you to get an evaluation, you know, undergo a formal evaluation to ensure that you, you don't have celiac disease. Let's rule that out. Uh, you know, and that and it would look like maybe getting a blood test and maybe a small intestinal biopsy is pretty invasive, but it depends on how bad your symptoms are. Okay. And if we've ruled out everything else, this might be the next step. The second thing you could do is you could go on a gluten-free diet, um, which you should be on if you have celiac disease, okay? Um, You know, and definitely, definitely you want to be on a a strict gluten-free diet for sure. And then if you don't have celiac disease, you know, improve your diet the best you can. Um, You know, you can do the the initial blood test and see if that's negative. um, And you, you know you don't have celiac disease, but you're still having symptoms, then take the steps to improve your diet for sure, and eat as many fruits and veggies and whole grains and beans as possible, and then avoid the refined or junk foods. See if you start feeling better with that first, okay? And then if you're not, then explore other causes and improve. You know, if improving your diet doesn't change how you feel, it's time to really look at other reasons you're having GI issues, okay? And. And then when all else fails, maybe it's time to go gluten-free. That's what I do with my clients. And then say, okay, we've tried everything else. You're still having some of these issues. Uh, let's let's play around with your dosage of gluten. You know, can you still get away with eating a whole grain sandwich now and again and avoiding more of the refined uh, flour type foods with gluten? That's where I usually start. And so just know it's, you know... Um, it's it's no fun eating a gluten free diet. And a lot of the gluten-free alternatives have a lot of other things in them we don't want preservatives and sugar and salt and and maybe some added fats, right? So I would always want you to lean into eating true whole grains first and and seeing how you feel. So, you know, I just want you to know a gluten-free diet is not good for everyone. Okay, that's the point I really want to make. I mean, if you suffer from celiac disease, wheat allergies, um, gluten sensitivity, um, a, there is no doubt a gluten-free diet is a life changer. But I want you to realize that eating whole grains um, is, is really good, not bad for most of our health, for most of us, if we don't have those conditions. You know, they are whole grains are low in fat, they're nutrition, they're nutritious, they satisfy our hunger. And, you know, more important, you know, they really are health promoters and they're linked to reduced risk of coronary heart disease, cancer, diabetes, um, and obesity. So if we don't have to cut them out, I don't want to. Uh, You know, so many of my clients really enjoy eating whole wheat pasta and you know it's an easy thing for them to make and i know it's a healthy alternative especially when they add a bunch of vegetables to it and for many it's their go-to uh you know late you know don't know what i'm going to make type meal and yes there's a lot of alternatives you can be using now um and and by all means you can still do that but i just you know if you don't have to cut out um wheat uh, i try not to do it so just know that um, many people will try the gluten-free diet uh, to lose weight, and there, there really isn't any evidence that has uh, shown that um, people lose more weight if they're on a gluten-free diet. Okay, And I think that it's because a lot of those gluten-free products that they lean into are often very refined and loaded with sugar and oil and salt, and those are the things we really want you to get away from. So sure. I want you to realize I kind of wanted to do this this, you know, talk because I wanted you to realize that, um, you know, I think gluten's getting a bad rap, kind of like carbs in general. And it's really, I think,, um, when it comes to joint aches and fatigue and abdominal discomfort, we blame wheat automatically because it's what we read about a lot in the media. And in America, we eat an average of seven ounces of grain a day, and the bulk of it is wheat. However, less than 10% of the grains we eat are whole grains. The remaining 90% tend to be refined grains, and they're stripped of all of their fiber and all of their nutrients. And so um, I was really curious, so I looked it up. Our favorite refined grains, what are they? White bread, pizza, cookies, and cake. Now, by no stretch of the imagination, would you really say, "Okay, those are really healthy foods, okay? those are but yet we eat those the most, right? We do. And so, um I think that you know the wheat the wheat we most often eat, is often highly processed, as I said, and it's accompanied, what does pizza usually have on it? It's usually accompanied with fat, sugar, and salt, and many times a lot of meat and a lot of dairy. So you have to kind of start looking at, oh, is it really the crust of the pizza that's the problem? Or is it all the stuff we put on it? So just, I want you to keep thinking about that. Um, And I think that so, so many people have told me they'd cut gluten out and they didn't feel any different. Um, and it doesn't surprise me uh, because I don't necessarily think that we need all of us need to cut it out. So I guess one of the questions you could ask is, you know, how what I ask my clients, are you experiencing improvements um, because we removed the wheat or is it because we've cut out some of those other foods? And that's why I do that first to see if that will make an impact. And if not, then we move into the wheat. We discuss it early on because I want people to be aware of it, but when we get one-on-one and have that further discussion and they say, no, I'm actually, I'll, you know, I'm two weeks into the program. I'm already having more energy. My constipation is gone. My bloating is gone. Then that starts telling me that it wasn't actually, we don't really need to re- remove gluten at that point because everything else we we focused on is starting to really give them the relief that they're looking for so just know i guess in summary i guess to finish this out that gluten free is appropriate for some people Um, especially those with celiac weed allergies if you know you have a gluten sensitivity Um, but you know it's not 100 for everybody and so um, for most of us, if we focus on just eating more whole foods, less refined foods, and really, you know, what does whole foods look like? Eating your whole grains, uh, fruits, veggies, and beans, I think you you'll see a lot of improvements, some of those from some of those uh, symptoms that you've been trying to improve on. All right. So I hope that helps you and uh, I look forward to hearing your comments. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in today. I know there's about a million ways you can spend your time, and I really do appreciate that you spent some time with me. Thank you. If you got something out of this episode and know someone who would also appreciate it, make sure to share it with them. We are all trying to get healthier in order to live well, and you can show them you care about their health by sharing these messages. Want to start improving your health today? One place I like to start with clients is breakfast. Since morning habits are the easiest to build, that's why I created a guide called Three Breakfasts to Lower Blood Sugars, which includes easy, delicious recipes for my favorite meals to start the day. Pick it up today for free at page.nutritionwithrobinrdn.com forward slash guide, or click the link for Three Breakfasts to Lower Blood Sugar in the show notes. Thanks again, and see you in the next episode.